listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Palpatine loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's got great hair, and oh boy, it's not just him that's hot today. It's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker, how are you, sir? Oi, oi, Saberloy. Yeah, no, I'm not too bad, man. I am not too bad. Yes, it is hot as Mustafar in here at the moment. I think, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the northern hemisphere is going through this crazy heatwave. I don't know. I know Europe is. The Come UK on. is. Like, tomorrow, it's, I, I, I have some friends in London who hit, like, 40 degrees today. Yeah. 40 degrees Celsius, mm-hmm. not Fahrenheit, Celsius. So that's close ish to the hundreds. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I think it is. We're not, we're not built for uh, this kind of weather, though, are we, mate? That's it. We don't have air con. No. We have little fans to keep us happy, and we've just got our windows begging for a bit of air. But, my man, we haven't done this for a while now. We've had round tables. We've had the Collector's Guild. Thank you, everyone, for digging that, by the way. We've had the LFCC recap. We haven't been on a main show. For so long, so it's so good to get, but so good. Let me start that again. It is <laughs> so good to be back yeah. in the drive and the routine, my man. Yeah, it's good. It's really nice to be back. It is really, really nice to be back. And um, doing the main show like this is mm-hmm. grand. Like you said, uh, London Film and Comic Con, that was, that was grand. Oh, um, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's a long one. But go listen to it after this episode. It's good. It's loads of bands. We had loads of you on the show. We met loads of you. It was great, 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 great fun. Um, And also, also, rumor in the galactic hood, Matty Boy, is that there is some um, cheeky Star Wars Sessions podcast event going down. The word word on the street is there's some kind of... I think you can only describe it as a super Star Wars night. August the 27th, mate, Star Wars Sessions will be hosting a special Star Wars event in London. We'll be there talking about Star Wars. We'll be quizzing everyone about Star Wars. There's a bar, so we'll be drinking about Star Wars amongst a few other things, eh, mate? Oh, mate, absolutely. It's going to be really fun. That is at the Genesis Cinema in East London. There are free tickets, guys. This is a free event. We're going to have a little cheeky watch along of Empire. There's going to be a live podcast, and there's going to be a bar there. I mean, come on, come on. And I've had a few. I've had a few people ask, "Are we watching it on like one of the big, big, big screens?" Mm -hmm. Um, And the answer to that, to to more like, um, so you you've got reasonable expectations, is no, it's not on one of the big, big, big screens. It is on a small projector in this kind of like lounge area with a bar, right? So, but still, I mean, it's still pretty cool. It's still a lot better than watching it at home just on your sofa, on your lonesome or with, mm-hmm. with whoever you want. Like, there's going to be a load of this in there. I mean, can you imagine? I'm a bit worried. 
could be dangerous. <laughs> I'm slightly worried for the Genesis Cinema and the infrastructure of that beautiful, gorgeous building once the sickheads have been there. But no, we are a respectable bunch, mate. I cannot wait. If LFCC was anything to go by, you know, meeting people, catching up, talking Star Wars, having a laugh, then the Super Star Wars night at the Genesis Cinema is going to be it's going to be off the charts, mate. We've got so many of you, uh, regular listeners are coming. Some newbies are coming. We're hoping to, we're hoping some people may get a little bit dressed up to come along as well. Uh, make sure your phone's charged up. Make sure your camera lens is clear because you're going to want to going to be taking some pictures of this event. Uh, mate, generally, uh, I can't wait to just, you know, sit down, talk some empire and then watch some empire. It's going to be great. We've had a great turnout. Like Luke said, the tickets are free. You don't have to pay a penny except at the bar. But you don't have to pay to get in, but you do have to register for tickets. The link is uh, via our link tree. If you go to any of our socials, we'll give those details out at the end. Uh, but go to our link tree and the link to purchase or register tickets is on there. And mm. uh, it's not long to go now, is it, mate? Five weeks? Yeah, uh, yeah, five weeks to go. And just a heads up, there's not many tickets left. So oh, no, it really isn't. So if you, yeah, when we are very close, like max capacity on this thing. So if you can make it, make your arrangements now. I know some people are going to be staying in London. A uh, mm-hmm. few people getting the train in or whatever they're doing. If you've got arrangements to make, do it, make it happen. Um, Matty boy, I, I, other than that, I am buzzing for. Mm-hmm this episode this week contrary to to belief i'm excited for this one and i'm 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 hoping it's gonna be a little bit spicy i think it will be it's gonna be one of our more spicy interviews so yeah man looking forward to it well it's gonna be hotter than the flames of mustafa my friend uh that's some news for just about now but just before then mate i can hear the chimes of big ben kenobi for the first time in so long which you and i know only means one thing Mate, it must mean it is the Galactic News Round. Black Series figures of Cassian Andor and new droid B2 Emo have been announced as part of the Andor range. The release date is scheduled for autumn 2022. Discussing the upcoming Andor series, Diego Luna has stated, I had so much more to say and do with this role. I just wanted to explore many things that I thought about whilst I was shooting that a film would never allow you to explore. According to Bespin Bulletin, The Acolyte has begun production in Shinfield Studios, Reading, United Kingdom. Loki director Kate Heron is attached to direct episodes of The Acolyte, according to Making Star Wars. The Hollywood Reporter is claiming that Skeleton Crew will have the largest budget of any Star Wars Disney Plus series at over 135 million US dollars. And finally, Zynga, the developers behind Star Wars Hunters, have announced that the game's release has now been delayed to 2023. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions 
probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Okay, guys and girls, when my car breaks down, I'm I'm screwed. I've no idea how to fix it or how to repair it. Imagine what it must be like being in a galaxy far, far away when your ship breaks down. You'd need one hell of a repairman. Maybe one that's a spy as well. Maybe one that's an ace pilot too. I can hear you all saying, now that person doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Think again, because we're joined by that exact man, Kazuda Ziono from Star Wars Resistance, Mr. Christopher Sean. How are you, sir? I am doing phenomenally. Thank you very much for having me on Star Wars Sessions. I'm honored to be here sharing space with uh, two beautiful, magnificent, articulate, genius Star Wars fans. Thank you very much. <laughs> this guy can stay. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's been it's been a long time coming, isn't it, mate? It's been a long time coming, and you've been you've been absolutely lovely with us and our kind of like questions about finally leading up to this moment. And uh, listen, we're here. And we are so happy to have you here, mate. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I suppose resistance being in Star Wars, Christopher, that's kind of a big deal, mate. Not many people on this planet can say they're part of the biggest and most historic IP in cinema ever. And yet you, you can say that, mate. You can say that. Um, being in resistance, playing Kazudo, um, Kazuda. How has that changed your life? Uh, growing up, I was always a h- huge Star Wars fan. I love the idea of the Force. Uh, that's kind of my belief of, of 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 reality with energy and life and being good to others. And you know, karmic karmic uh, just karmically speaking, it's just be a good person and, and understand the needs of others more than in, you know. It's kind of like one of those things to understand someone. You have to be willing to, 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 to help an argument. You have to be willing to understand someone more than you understand your own problem, right? Like you mm. have to, mm. to understand theirs to be able to fix anything because in the end, if you're not listening, communicating properly, you're never going to fix anything. Um, but, uh, I've always believed that like Star Wars was like the epicenter of cool. Like this was yeah. this. You know, George Lucas, when he created Star Wars, it was this science fiction fantasy that no one was like, what is this? And then it came out and then it changed cinema. Um, and to be a part of the canonical timeline, uh, my father used to tell us stories when we were kids. He, he would, we would be kind of in our room and he'd be in the doorway telling us bedtime stories and he'd be running back and forth like, I'm going to go take out these hundred ninjas over here. But he'd doing it, you know, and, in, in, in a Yoda impersonation or, and then you'd hear him shouting as Chewbacca running across the doorway <laughs> to fight another hundred ninjas, you know? And for me, that, that was my childhood. That's like some of my earliest memories is Star Wars. My dad and I enjoying watching the movies together. So to actually be a part of something that means so much to me and so many other people, um, it was a big, big shoes to fill. And, um, um, it was a dream, mm. and it is. It's still a dream come true. Well, I wanted to ask the first question, based pretty much on your answer there. Star Wars Resistance, when it came out, when it's re- when it was announced, it was met with a lot of negativity online. Now, Luke and myself, we both know that online is probably the worst place to look for anyone's opinion, but it was <laughs> met with some backlash and some, excuse the pun, but some resistance. 
you know, and then the trailer dropped and, you know, that just intensified. As someone, like you said, who this was their dream come true, being able to work on this show, how did it feel to you to kind of see or hear those opinions or did you just shield yourself away from them? We live in an age where everyone's accessible with mm. social media the way it is. Everyone is one direct message away. Um, for me, it, you have to learn to be able to control your own thoughts. You know, if I were to sit and try and make everyone happy, I'd drive myself crazy. That's, that's the, yeah. you know, the old saying, right? But one of the main things that you take from these, these opportunities is when you're in the room and you're working with the entire team and in comes a gentleman wearing a cowboy hat and mm. <laughs> you know, his presence is just so impactful. I started shaking. Really? Really? Oh my God. That's Dave Filoni. Uh, Dave Filoni is here and he gives Dave a Filoni. speech and the entire team is just, you can hear a straw from your mouth, a cowboy straw drop, right? Like, like the guy, amazing. And he turns to you and he looks at you and he says, you are shouldering this project. You are our Luke Skywalker. You are our Ahsoka Tano. You are Kazuta Ziono. Wow. And, you know, it's very important for you to remember, do something that you love, that you feel in, in passionate about. Because with that, the people will feel that they will see that. And in turn, you will get the true followers, the true people who really believe in. And that's what star Wars is all about. And you're right. It's like, it's like, okay, yes, sir. And you know, I poured my heart and soul into that project. So there's always going to be people who live in the past and there's always going to be people who, um, who don't really want change. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be negative as well as positive. But my, my goal is to just, again, do what the best that I possibly can to make everyone around me better, feel the love, feel from like that family tie when we're working together so that we're putting something out collectively as a cohesive team, as a family. Mm. And that's what I felt with Star Wars Resistance was. Every person on that project was a part of a larger family. And and we all, I'm sorry, and we all, you know, we all did our best and we put our hearts into it to make sure, again, that it's the best that we could possibly do to put out. And I, I'm I'm so honored and so proud of what we put together. Justin Ridge, Athena Portillo, Troy Underwood, Josh Rimes, uh, Brandon Allman. Again, the, the list goes on of people that were behind the scenes working the head honchos, if you will, the brains of the operation. And then there was us, the the people who, who the talents, you know, but you've got yeah. Academy Award winning names, Jim Rash, Academy Award winner, uh, Bobby Moynihan, uh, mm. you know, uh, Donald Faison. Yeah. I mean, that's just some of the A-listers. We can go down the list. Uh, Lucy Lawless. Uh, I can continue. You've Joe Magnello. Wood. You've got uh, right? like, Gwendolyn Christie, Oscar Isaac, which you, who you acted against. Oscar Isaac. Mm. I got to work. I, they flew me to New York to work with Oscar Isaac Man. just the day after watching him perform uh, Hamlet. I was like, this guy's incredible. You know, like, mm. Mm. it's like I said, it's, it's, there's nothing more, nothing less than a dream come true. I'm not jealous at all. At all. <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. No, Christopher, that is, that's magical. And 
You seem already. I mean, we're only f- we we chat to you for a few minutes before the before the podcast, and um, you seem to carry yourself so well and comfortably. You seem very positive and well natured, and I think a lot of people probably, unfortunately, might need that going into Star Wars because, again, of what Matty Boy said, because. The internet is gonna internet, but you, you, you seem to just carry this with such pride. And that is incredible. And it's incredible to have people like that in Star Wars, in the Star Wars family, because ultimately, like what you were saying, Star Wars, even in, in the story, it's about family. That is the core theme of the story and of the mythology. Um, when, when we look at other Star Wars animation, um clone wars obviously got seven seasons um rebels got four seasons big difference there now resistance got two seasons now when you look at something like clone wars right when clone wars aired for the first time it wasn't initially received very well particularly from the grown-up from the grumpy grown-up adults right from the kids as we know now it affected a whole generation of Star Wars fans. I know friends, Star Wars friends, that are Star Wars fans because of Clone Wars, not because of the prequels, not because of the sequels or whatever, the originals. It's because of Clone Wars. That's what brought them in. Now, do you think that it's maybe a bit of a shame that Resistance has just the two seasons? Or do you think that's a a, a, a strength of the show? What's your thoughts on that, mate? I think Disney and Lucasfilm, they always have a plan. I think, um, I think they know better than anyone on how to properly run a franchise. Hmm. The MCU and Lucasfilm, Star Wars are the two largest grossing franchises in, in cinematic history, right? Um, and so I question nothing. As much as I'd love for more, Mm. I'd love to have an ongoing, you know, series going and going because there's yeah. nothing more fun than getting into a room and, and working with people that are uberly talented and, and they make you feel like an equal and they make your mm-hmm. talent, you know, you, they raise, like anytime you're playing with someone who's great in any sport, you naturally become greater because you're working with them. Right. That's and it's it. the same with, with enacting. Like it's not just, you're not just reading lines. You're working with the other person. It's chemistry. So if they give you something, it's your job to not only work with them, but challenge them as well. So yeah. that what I, is what I call the volley, uh, like in tennis, you volley, mm-hmm. right? Like you're going to serve me with that. Well, I'm going to try and get you with this and see how you react. And in those reactions, Hey, in those reactions, you know, like that's basically. <laughs> the best type of scenes you know that's when the the audience has the most fun because it's no longer about me it's about us like i said Mm -hmm. it's always about the dynamic of chemistry acting is reacting and and you have to always be on your toes so working again with great people like that just made the show so much fun and yes um i i'm all for it you want to bring it back season three four ongoing i'm there i don't care what i'm working on i'm there (laughs) you heard it first I'm going to say this reference to like the prequels like when the prequels first came out mm. i loved it darth darth 
when Darth Maul in the in the trailer alone, the first red lightsaber popped, and then the second pop, boom, boom, you know, and the second one, caught, and it was like, what? Like that? I still get the chills thinking about that moment when Obi Wan and and Qui Gon were fighting Darth Maul. Like that was one of the quintessential moments of my childhood. Yeah, so people are yeah. like they're hating on the prequels. Well, first they hated them, and then now they're starting to love them. So people again are going to hate on the prequels and for whatever reasons they will. But now we have Obi-Wan, the series, you know, and, and we have yeah. McGregor and Hayden Christensen reprising these roles and, and, and how much are the fans behind this? Right? Like for me, it just takes time. And the more that again, love that you put into something, it's like a seedling, it will grow and you will find your fan base. And every person needs to enter star Wars at some point in their life. So some people will start with the original trilogy. Some people will start with the, the pre-trilogy. Some will start, start with the post-trilogy. Whatever you, wherever you start, you'll find your love for the franchise. And if you're a true fan, you'll watch all of it and really get lost in this universe where you can get a little bit more and more and fill in the blanks as to what's happening all around the Skywalker legacy. Dude, I could listen to Christopher talk all day. <laughs> Generally good as well. Um, Kazuda Zayono, mate. I, when I first watched Resistance, you know, I was really digging the first few episodes and then I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit the first time I watched it. And then I went back to rewatch it fairly recently. I watched through, I blasted through season one and season two and I had a great appreciation for it. I enjoyed it an awful lot more than I did before and I thought I was going to whether that was because of it being recontextualized now that the sequels are over or all this other additional canon kind of ties into it. But I had a really good time watching it um, with no- knowing that, like Luke said, we've had Clone Wars and Rebels. Resistance felt more squarely aimed at kids, which isn't mm. a bad thing whatsoever because as we know on the show, and as you've said, Star Wars is for everybody. How did you go? How did you approach then Kazuda Zayono knowing that, this was going to be kind of playing into the eyes and ears of kids, maybe more so than adults this time. Mm. You know, I, I kind of went into the project and um, everything literally fell into place. I, uh, I had done one voiceover audition in my entire life. I've, I've been pressing my agent. I, w- I want to do voiceover work. I want to do voiceover. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, kid, you and everyone else. It's a very niche market. Like you got to know someone that knows someone that, that knows someone to get in. And I was like, I know you, you're my agent, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, get in line. I was like, all right. So my first audition, I get to producers at DreamWorks for Voltron. I read for Redline. Steven Yen, Academy Award nominated, Asian American mm. actor from The Walking Dead. Fantastic. Looks over me. Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm running in the same league as that talented man. I'm honored. Way to go. Good for you. Congratulations. I can't even believe my first audition I got that far. Second audition that I get for voiceover, I get a call from my agent in New York saying, Hey, I'm James. I'm your agent in New York. I'm coming to LA. Lucasfilm is calling for you. Who are you? And I'm like, who am I? Who are you? Who are you? I'm your agent in New York. We're going back and forth. Who are you? No, who are you? He's like, I'm coming to LA. We got to have lunch. Who's, I don't know why Lucas is calling for you. Second audition. You know, I, I, I booked the lead of a Star Wars franchise. Wow. Holy moly. I, I'd never done voiceover. I mean, I, I'd done mm. th- a little over three years on a soap opera and three years on Hawaii Five O. Um, Days of our lives, right? Yeah, days of our lives. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I played, you know, I played a, a, a uh, I played a gay baseball player who came out on the series. And um, I also played a, a bad guy in Hawaii Five-0. I played the main antagonist for seasons five and six, where I, you know, one show I was kissing boys and the other show I killed boys. You know, it was a, little, it was a great, Balance. great exercise training for, you know, training your acting muscles, if you will. Uh, but I'd never done voiceover. So this opportunity for me was, like I said, a dream. And I almost faltered. They, at first, they, you know, my agent called me and was like, so Lucasfilm was wondering, uh, would you be interested in taking voiceover lessons? And I said, yes, please. I'm, I don't want to screw this up. Like, I, I want to do better. So anyway, um, they set me up with Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, and she became yeah. the director of season two on the project. And she's amazing. So much talent behind her. She was in Cowboy Bebop. Uh Phenomenal, phenomenal teacher. She she basically took me under her wing. Um, she says, you have it. You just need the permission. So here's your permission. Do it. Do great. And from then on, the show, I just felt like really took off. And it was under her her uh, her mentorship, you know, as a, as a Jedi master. She she really took me on as a Padawan and made me feel powerful, <laughs> Padawan, yeah. made me feel strong. But honestly, um, I don't remember the original question. I'm just kind of going, but... <laughs> No, man. It was how, but, how did you uh, approach the character of Kaz? Because Resistance isn't a kid show. We know that, but it it, it feels like it was aimed at targeting kids more yeah. so. So, how did you kind of approach the character and the voice acting with that in mind? So yeah, so my second audition, I come in and and uh, I just thought, okay, he's a teenage kid. Uh, I'm gonna pitch my voice up. I'm just gonna have fun and play it a little bit. So I was like. Uh, they, they pulled me aside, you know, Brandon Alman and, and Justin Ridge, and they said, okay, so this is the idea of this character. We've already talked to you about it, but, you know, before you start, this is kind of what we were thinking. And I was like, I love it. I love it all. I'm going to try something. If you like it, we'll go with it. If not, we'll switch it up. You tell me what you want. And then I remember just kind of being like, all right, guys, uh, so what do you guys think about this? You know? <laughs> There he is. Um, and they were like, okay, cool. Let's keep going. And I was like, all right, so we'll just continue on like this. Uh, well, I never said I actually beat him. I said I almost matched his record. Almost. <laughs> Nearly. Very close. And it was like this, like, super uberly competitive, like, acts before he, you know, doesn't think before he reacts. Like, it's just kind of this fun, naive kid. You know, and I was like, I, I used to be that kid. So I just kind of tied into what I, how I was as a youngling, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone was like, yeah. Hey, can you do that? I'm like, absolutely. And then I try it. <laughs> I fail. I learn, I grow. And then soon enough, I'm doing it. I told you I'd do it. You know? And it's like, well, it took you a month. I'm doing it. Am I right? I'm doing it better <laughs> than you. So it's kind of like that same mentality. I just applied to the project and, you know, just dive in right the way you can just change the tone of your voice just so quickly and organically is crazy it's it's really impressive really oh, impressive yeah. but that's that's probably because we're just mere mortals and we're not actors you know oh, so man. i'm i'm I mean, more than you you guys are doing a lot more than i am so <laughs> no mate no 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 well listen so with the animated series historically Again, particularly Clone Wars. Let's go back to Clone Wars and the prequels. The reason, just bouncing off what you said earlier, the prequels are why Matty Boy and I are Star Wars fans today, really. You know, we, we love the original trilogy, and I watched those as a yeah. kid, but growing up with the 
prequels with those in cinema, I mean, they just hit different and they have a different place in my heart because they're my Star Wars. You know, Ewan McGregor, he's my Obi-Wan, you know, and I love Alec Guinness, but Ewan's my Obi-Wan. And I think, you know, I don't think it's necessarily even uh, wrong to say that Disney and Lucasfilm are kind of realizing that they're realizing, hang on, there's this massive generation of adults now who grew up with those films that George gave us, but they weren't perfect. And there were plot issues in the prequels. And it took a few years. And we, we were going on about this loads. We were just at London Film and Comic Con, just weekend, just gone, which was great. And um, even in that, like Revenge of the Sith, you know, the clone troopers, they turn on the Masters during Order 66, kind of a big deal. But if you just have the films, the clones kind of just do it. They're like, oh, yeah, Order 66. Yeah, we remember that. Let's shoot the Jedi. It's maybe a bit far-fetched. It's a bit far-fetched. Clone Wars comes along, answers that question as to why these guys all reacted like that. They have chips in their head. They all had chips put into their head. Simple detail. Clone Wars answers it. but And, and, and Rebels does. Some plot filling a wee bit. Rogue One comes along, fixes a massive plot hole in A New Hope, right? And it does it flipping well. Resistance. Oh, my gosh. Mate, don't. Moments. Don't get us started, man. You're like, oh! Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, but Resistance is set during the sequel trilogy, right? And there are one or two, particularly with episode nine, there's a few things that have been left in the dark a wee bit. And I think that probably the live action stuff is going to answer that, maybe. Do you think Resistance helped fill in some of those gaps and do you think if the seasons went on it could have helped fill in a few more gaps in the storytelling like what the predecessors animated predecessors did i think it's a great question and i think um you know the people that are behind the curtain the oz if you will right um the people Mm. the, the the mastermind behind this like i said you don't become a number two highest selling franchise of all time in cinema, you know, and, and the, the, the entertainment capital of the world by not knowing what you're planning on doing. These guys are a decade ahead, if not 20 years ahead of, of everyone else. Like these guys know what they're doing. Um, Star Wars resistance provides a parallel story again, canonical to the storyline, but a parallel story as to you mm. know, what, well, if that's happening over there, then what's happening in the other parts of the, of the of the galaxies? So this is this is what Star Wars Resistance is. This is the people who've heard of of stories uh, of the Resistance who've never actually met uh, pilots that actually have flown and, and fought in wars. They've heard the stories, you know, just like you and I. We hear about Babe Ruth and we hear about, uh, Troy Aikman, uh, and, and your, whatever heroes you may have in Europe that are, that are, that are all stars and, and whether it be rugby or, or, uh, cricket, you know, like or these football, heroes. real football, soccer, football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we say in America, but you know, the proper terminology, football, right? Um, your, your heroes out there, Lionel Messi and, uh, um, Ronaldinho and Ronaldo, Christian, Christian Ronaldo, like all these amazing mm, players. Mm, mm, mm. We've never met them, but we've heard about them. 
And I imagine mm. meeting those superstars. Like this is what Star Wars Resistance is, meeting Poe Dameron, the, one of the greatest pilots of all time, meeting General Organa, you know, running around with CB-23, like uh, BB-8, who, you know, like it's you have finally, it's, it's us who are watching finally get to be a part of the all-star game. You know, and 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 that's a good answer. preparing for this your entire life, and, and now it's here. So that's that's basically what resistance is. It's it's, it's filling in the blanks. Is it's, it's coloring, kind of. You know, you've got your main mm. characters like in the Star Wars, the Skywalker legacy, right? Um, but then everything around that story needs to be colored as well, and that's what th- resistance helps with. I think one of the strongest points of the whole series was when it did dip into that, you know, really like just to remind you, this is going on at the same time as the sequel trilogy. There was no better way to do that than is it the finale or the penultimate episode of season one? And we're seeing Kaz react to Starkiller base. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, what's going on here, man? Like, this is great. And I feel like on that planet as well on the prime story. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. It blows that up, yeah. That is a strong moment. That is a really, really, really strong moment. In in your head, in your head canon, or or real canon, because you know there might be a season three, was Kaz and the crew, you know, were they at Battle of Exegol in episode nine? Ah, uh, that's a great question. What? Um <laughs> I really yes. want to chime in on the Osmosis <laughs> next, next, you know, like you know that 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 episode, man. That I I was up all night, so excited to record that, and you know I I literally I dived in so much that I felt the pain of losing everything you've ever known in one shot from the Star Killer base. You know, like you lose your family, you lose your childhood, you lose your home, you lose the stories that you knew of your planet, everything gone in, in a blink of an eye. Like while this guy's giving this speech, like what is really happening? This can't be real. Like, and I remember going in to record that and they're like, are you ready? And I was like, hit the record button. I'm ready, yeah. you know, uh, and just screaming and, and the pain. And they were like, let's do it again. And I was like, I, I can do better. Let's do it again. Yeah. Um, wow. that was an amazing moment. Uh, in reference to us being a part of the, that story, uh, 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 that battle, excuse me. I, I, I want to believe that we were a part of every, everything that, you know, there's ships that you see flying around. That's us. It, it, no matter where it mm. may be, no matter what mm. timeline, like I want to say that I'm a part of that. That's me too. There, there, you know, like, but, uh, <laughs> until uh until i get actual confirmation yeah. it's all just uh, it's all just still me dreaming you know that nine-year-old mm. that's still dreaming that's still me dude i want to imagine the battle of exegol you've got jaeger next to you and he's just saying look kaz shut up about on the chair stop it we've got a battle to win here and kaz is just doing his kaz thing and jaeger and Tora and that are all just like guys uh we well i mentioned jaeger Tora dozer hype Faison. Jace Rucklin, great pilots. They ain't Kazuda's Iono, though. But you mentioned up top the, the, the cast you worked with. At the end of season two, we, we see the Colossus as a whole come together you know, as a family. They've bonded um, because of what's happened to them uh, across the two seasons. How about you guys, though, who came in to record? The voice actors, the actors, the talent. Did you become like a little family yourselves when you were creating this show what was the bond like between you guys off behind the scenes 
I learned quickly when I was working on Days of Our Lives. Um, I worked with a gentleman named Drake Hogeston. He played John Black. He's an amazing actor. Um, and one thing I learned was that if you spend the time with the person and you get to know them, that bond that you create will permeate the screen. People will actually feel that connection. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to learn a little bit more about that. And I found that if you spend the time to look at someone for 30 seconds in their eyes directly as they're talking to you, you start to create that similar bond. So my goal, I showed up probably 45 to half an hour, sometimes even an hour earlier on set every day. And I try to make it a point to sit and talk with every actor that showed up and look them in the eyes and create that bond. I'd give them hugs prior to COVID. I'd give them a hug. I'd say, how are you? How's everything going? And during our recordings, after sitting and talking with them, after everything they did, hey, hey, good job. That was awesome. Way to go. <laughs> and, I'm, and I make sure that everyone felt comfortable. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. And in that comfortability, in that comfortability, you find confidence. You find the willingness to be able to play a little bit more. Bring a little bit. Well, let me try this. You know, a lot of the times people are so afraid because, again, the the just the enormity that Star Wars is, it's like, yeah. I just have to do the lines. I, I, I don't have room to play. But when you feel comfortable at home with your family, you're, you're more willing to joke and put a little bit more of yourself into these characters. And that's what I wanted to bring. That's what I wanted to bring out of every person that we worked with. Now, some people naturally just, again, Bobby Moynihan, he's just him and he's amazing <laughs> and he's so funny. And in his professionalism and humor and his hubris, he was able to, just naturally make anyone around him great. There's an old saying that uh, I can't remember the name, but basically it uh, Maya Angelou. She says, you know, we're not afraid of the darkness within ourselves. We are afraid of the light. But who are we not to shine? Who are we not to be great? We're all children of God. And in shining, we give permission to others to shine bright as well, to shine as bright as we possibly can. So it's like, why why are we afraid to take risk and have a good time and just exude awesomeness, you know? And and I try to get provide that opportunity for others on set, and that's why I am so proud of what Star Wars Resistance is, mm. what it stands for, and and that milestone in my life. Because it becomes like a baby, right? It's yeah. like your baby, the whole team's baby. You know, and you must be uh, very, very, very proud of that. The fact, like I said, going back to the original one, the fact that you can say you're part of Star Wars, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. And even we were talking, um, again, before the pod, you were mentioning that you're kind of like the first Asian American to lead a Star Wars project, animated show. Obviously, we had... um, different diversity presence in things like rogue one but for you that is a big deal that must be a big deal right you know i i i mentioned this earlier as well yes i i I asked the publicity team am Mm. i the first asian american lead of a star wars franchise and um they said yeah but we're not focusing Mm. on that i was like but but i'm the first asian american lead this is amazing Mm. to me it's like i'm you know at the time i was I don't know what age, uh, in my, you know, mid sixties, seventies, I don't know. I was pretty old. Um, when I found out, but, uh, but you know, it's not about me. It's, 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 it's never about one person. And again, it's it's about star Wars finally, 
not not finally, pardon, like providing more opportunity for people to to see themselves, diversity, BIPOC, to see themselves as not just a sidekick, as a lead of a story, as someone that's just as important and equally as important as other people around them. So for me, that meant a lot because growing up, I didn't really have many right to see yourself. Absolutely. I mean, in that, I'm yeah. half Japanese and I'm half American. How many multi-ethnic actors do you have on camera? How many do you see? I mean, as an American actor, like yeah. I had Bruce Lee, I had Brandon Lee, and they were taken from me. Who else did I have? You know, mm-hmm. and, and there was not many role models. So I had this like this issue where I never really fit in. I was never the attractive one. I was always like, how do I fit in if no one really knows how to fit me in? I, did, I had this issue growing up where um, I was not attractive. I was not the cool kid. I was always supposed to be the sidekick. And I felt like the world saw me that now, saw me as that. Now, I don't want people growing up to feel that way that are multi-ethnic, which is why for me, I strive hard to be the number one on the cast list to be able to provide opportunities for people to say, that's a that's a role model. He's articulate. He's intelligent. He's intelligent. He works hard. You know, you can see it in his physicality. You can see it in in how much he's studying to grow as a person. I want people to see that and say, yeah. So, in reference to going back to what you were saying, um, you know, it's not about me. It's about the many many children who didn't have the right. Role. And Star Wars is providing that, and you know, and that's why I'm so proud of this role. And I think if that plays in really well. Because Lucasfilm were really open with the influences, the obvious influences, particularly Japanese influences on Star Wars Visions, um, on Star Wars Resistance. Well, Visions, obviously, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but Star Wars Resistance, like there are, when, when you take certain scenes, particularly like the background colors, the way, the way things move, the animation, the design, it's really derivative of anime. It's not quite anime, but it definitely has that inspiration. So that must be quite cool to have that kind of full circle moment for yourself, maybe. Absolutely. Um, yeah, right. Anime inspired. You know, right. Star Wars Resistance franchise. Uh, Justin Ridge and his team, um, Amy Beth Christensen, Justin Ridge, Brandon Allman. Again, I can go down the list. Mandy Denau, uh, Josh. I can go down. I can continue to go down the list. And how many people uh, I was blown away, and how small of a team actually they really had a small team creating such an incredible output for this series. Mm. Uh, it, I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, wait, five people are putting this together in the background. Like, are you serious? Like, I, you know, different. They were. They were importing exporting the good but still like it was a very small team who was in charge of everything so um for them to continue to be able to place in easter eggs for them to continue to place in um the japanese anime and inspirations the the and again to tap both cultures uh, i i'm super super uh proud and again uh, Mm -hmm. i can't be more proud than that project i can't i can't because that was my introduction into the canonical storyline. Star Wars Visions, I'm absolutely proud of that project as well, being able to play Asu in The Village Bride. Um, oh my and finding out that there's a season two, that's incredible because that, I mean, 
come on, how cool is that? Well, but that's not canonical. <laughs> that's that's offset. This is a canonical storyline of Star Wars. There's nothing cooler than that. If that, than, if that if ain't a segue. Play, I mean, if I could play Kazuto in the live action, now that would be something special. However, dude, I mean, I'm like, I walk around and I see someone wearing a Star Wars. I, I was at the gym today and there's like three people in Star Wars shirts. And I just sit there and I giggle and I say, I cannot believe I'm a part of that franchise. Holy cow. You're the, you're the lucky one. Um, before we get onto that, the, the V word, which you just mentioned, visions, you're talking about, um, inspiring and you're inspiring me just listening, but you're, you know, obviously being, being in a position to inspire people to see you on screen and think, I can do that. I want to be able to do this as well. With the character of Kaz, what do you think? You know, the kids or even adults watching a character like Kaz, what can they take from him? What kind of messages or themes or behaviors can they take from watching him? Because he does have an arc from episode one of season one to the finale of season two. Kaz isn't just a, a bumbling idiot who, who walks around, you know, messing everything up. You know, there is an arc there. And as I mentioned, everyone comes together at the end of the season. But what do you think, you know, what, what can they get take from the character of Kazuda into their own lives? You know, actually, I, I put a lot of thought into this because myself, I, mm-hmm. what, what do you learn from someone who is kind of making a lot of mistakes on the way? However, the biggest mis- thing that you can learn through failure, the biggest thing is you can only find success through failure, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he's so willing to fail that in, in, in your willingness to fail is your willingness to succeed. Because if, if I were to say to any other actor, what's the difference between me and you? It's I've failed more than you have. I was willing to take more risks. And in doing so, I've been able to get further in my career because I failed and I said, what what did I do wrong there? I learned yeah. that's not the right way to do it. Let's try these other ways. you know. And in trying, you start to fine tune, you start to get better. And it's the confidence in yourself and knowing that you're meant for greater. Just like Kazuda Ziono, you know, I never said I was the greatest, but, uh, you know, maybe I am, you know, maybe uh, <laughs> that humble brag he's got. But like, truth be told, it's like uh, mm. he wasn't afraid to go for it. And he really yeah. challenged it and he was passionate. He was imbued with this passion to not fail. So he went from this selfish kid to realizing that his actions had consequences. Yeah. Right. And in his, in his failures, he had hurt people he'd loved. So he has found mm. that every action has a consequence and you have to right those wrongs. Yep. You have to start growing up a little bit and being a little less selfish and more selfless. And I think that's a great, a great attribute to learn as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Now, like what you've, you've said, there's clearly so much passion that comes from you about this project. We said earlier that it feels like a baby, especially when the team's all involved and you've, you've made this, this, this beautiful thing. And everyone who works on it is obviously going to think that their own baby is beautiful. You, we've, we've all been there. You've done that. You've gone to your friends, go, oh, isn't it like, isn't she beautiful? And you're thinking, yeah, it's right. Beautiful baby. <laughs> Not always right. There are ugly babies. <laughs> uh, it's a thing, but in the eyes, of the parents, they're going to think, ah, oh, perfect. Um, resistance for a lot of people, even m- myself included, you know, I sometimes got frustrated with the show. But then there's that realization of, well, maybe it's not solely for me. 
are people, are people like me, maybe too harsh from what you've seen online and from what you've seen on a reaction of the Star Wars fan? Are, you know, are we too harsh on a show like Resistance, Christopher? Um, it's different. And in its uniqueness is what mm. makes it special. You know, we find that people are going to want what they want. And, uh, I know that I, I wake up every morning and I have my particular, I have my breakfast the way I have my breakfast. And if it's changed up, I'm like, what is this? You know, <laughs> naturally, uh, you know, with Yoda said, with you're afraid, your fear and fear, uh, doubt, doubt turns to anger. You know, mm. how did that saying go? Can you guys help me with that saying? Hate yeah. leads to fear. Fear leads to suffering. I think suffering leads to, oh no, hate leads to anger. Anger leads to fear. Fear leads to suffering. Something like that. Yeah. Fear, fear leads to hate. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate, hate leads to suffering. Oh, and, yeah. and it comes down to fear because we're everyone, if it's not the same, you're afraid mm-hmm. of if you were going to like it or not. And they're not willing to give it a chance. You know? So it's like, just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. It's different. We won a Saturn Award. We were nominated for a primetime Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we did something different and we won awards for it. Just because it's not your palette doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. You know, um, and again, like I, I go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. You want to say it's a baby, our, our baby, excuse me. Then I'm so, so proud of, of what we've raised. And, and that's okay if you don't like it. It's not your cup of tea. That's fine. That's okay. But, you know, what I, what's not okay is getting, going out of your way to attack other people for what's right. Enjoy. Yep. Like, come on, the golden rule, live by it. You got nothing nice to say, then keep it to yourself. Don't say anything if at all. If it's constructive all. criticism, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Because in that way, you're helping the project grow. Yeah. But if it's just, I don't like it, why? Because I don't like it. You're not going to change my mind with facts. <laughs> like, like <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, you know, like, <laughs> and it's a feeling based and it's an emotional based choice. And that's fine. You know what? Keep, that's you, man. That's you. But, uh, for me, I was just talking about this the other day, you know, sunny days wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for rain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, there are, there are episodes that are not as strong as others, but it's because you watch that, you go, well, this episode stands out. This one's great. You know, you're going to enjoy mm. different episodes over others and, and, and you're going to enjoy different movies over others. But the more that you continue to watch our series, the more it will grow on you. I promise you that. And you'll remember and you can actually joke like we, I'm so sorry, excuse me. We still joke. We still have some inside jokes about our show, you know, like, and, cool. and there are things, if I were to say, like, you know, when you think about Yeager, you think about Bucket, you know, and yeah. you think about, you know, you immediately have visuals in your head and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, you, you, they, they stand out and they're memorable. So there's something of positive qualities that you will find as mm-hmm. long as you keep your, 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 as long as you keep yourself open to it. But if you're closed off, it's like, how can I pour water into a glass that's already full? You've already made up your mind. I'm not going to be able to change it. You know, come in. Right. Empty glass and be willing, be be thirsty for something new. That's a great way of putting it. And this, and this will be somebody. Resistance is somebody's first Star Wars experience. Resistance will be their first experience, and you got. To, and people need to bear that in mind as well. You know, like like you said earlier on, people come into this at different points. 
So it's just about being respectful. And resistance goes hard at points. You know, it's not, it isn't just whimsy the whole way through. At times it goes hard. It, you know, like Starkiller base blowing up Hosnian Prime and Kaz having to watch that happen, thinking, oh, there goes my whole family and everyone I've ever loved. Gone, dead, bomb. Um, they go to the um, Sith temples during it. You get Kylo Ren turning up later on in the season. Uh, we get to see kind of the test subjects for Starkiller base. There's a lot going on there rather than just, you know, a happy-go-lucky team of ace pilots. I, and I really got attached to these pilots by the end or the crew um, in general. And I, I genuinely did. And you're talking about then, you know, some episodes may not be as strong, but then the other ones come in and smack you around the face. Did you have a favourite episode that you worked on or or maybe like a favourite couple of episodes that you worked on? Um, well, they flew me to New York to work with Oscar Isaac. Yeah. come on yeah come and, on yeah, uh, man you know, any any episode <laughs> of poe dameron it was like so much fun um i remember just being kind of in the room with him and i was like i'm looking over i'm like oh my gosh and and he's you know he's shooting steroid shots in his throat because he's doing two performances of uh of hamlet a day sometimes during the week right like he's doing eight eight performances a week that's it uh, down the west uh, broadway yep yeah. And he still made the time to come out and and do the show. He's like, I, I might be able to do one. And we get in the room together and I was just like, let's make this the best one we can possibly do. Yeah. And he enjoyed it so much. He was like, I'll stick it through. Let's keep going, guys. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> like let's yes. go. Keep recording. Let's go. You know, and, and it was amazing. It was, uh, but, but every episode has a different thing in my heart just because it's Oscar Isaac doesn't mean it's the best episode. It, believe me, Poe Dameron is phenomenal. But again, um, you got Flicks and Orca, Jim Rash and Bobby Moynihan. You got Lucy Lawless running around, putting the fear in everyone. You got, you got, you got Diggs is on the show. Yeah. You got some really, really talented, not as famous names, but they're just as talented and just as fun to work with. Uh, Elijah Wood. I mean, come on, you know, Susie McGrath, like, yeah. Uh, come on. Right. Like, LOTR, dude. <laughs> my, fa- I th- but I think hands down, my favorite episode is the Hosnian Prime episode. Yeah, just because there was so much emotion behind it. Uh, I, 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 I didn't even. I, I hardly slept that night because I was so excited about how we were going to do this. And I was, I was like, I came in, and there, and I'm, you know, hey, how are, how's everybody going? How's it? But deep down, I was like. Oh, this pain, this suffering, it's there, you know, and I, I want to bring that. I want to bring it as badly as I can. And I felt, I felt gratification after we had done it. So, mm. um, I hope that when people see that or those who have watched it felt that and, and mm. truly embraced that. I think so. I think so. And I think that's why, I, again, for me, you know, someone who doesn't always um, praise this show as the greatest bit of animation ever. That sticks out as something really, really, really special. Really special. And I'm so glad we got that in Star Wars animation and to see again your performance. And that was, was outstanding. Um, Christopher, I know we're, we're close to wrapping up now, mate. You've been such a lovely gentleman. It's been amazing talking to you, but we mentioned it earlier. You mentioned it first. Star Wars Visions. Um, at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, um, you made an appearance, didn't you? Um, in a panel. Tell us about that. Tell us about Star Wars Visions and Christopher Sean. What's going down, mate? What's the well, crack? 
I can't say much outside of what was announced. Um, basically, they were saying, Luke and Matt, since they couldn't make it to host the event, we need to have Chastity Valencia. Uh, they said, you know, this, tickets, they man. can no longer voice all the characters. We're going to need some other people to come in. And I was like, me? Really? I don't know if I can step in and fill those shoes. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, well... They they did they did they invited us like maybe a week out to the 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 panel and it was a surprise panel and they got names Keone Young they got Andrew Rishi they got uh, uh, Bobby Moynihan um, again Chastity Valencio you know it's the Star Wars show like they got some names I, I apologize I'm dropping two or three other names um, Brian Brian T and the female she was amazing I can't remember her name I'm sorry. But uh, they had us on stage, and right before we went out, they said, okay, guys, we're just going to let you know. Here's the big secret. Yeah. Star Wars Visions 2, we got picked up. Yeah. So we're walking in on a high as we're entering, the, the you know, coming out, and there's hundreds of people there. And we're like, I think there's a maybe a couple hundred people, maybe a few more, but give or take one or two, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I can't a handful of people there. <laughs> but it was cool to walk out and uh, talk about the series and and what we were what we loved about it, how we prepared. We got the scenes the day of, so we didn't even have time to truly prepare. Um, so even then, it was secrecy was number one there as well. Complete secrecy. They said you're either in or you're not, and I was like, it's Star Wars. How do you say no to that? I'm clearing okay. my schedule. Sorry, Dad. I don't care if it's your birthday. All right, bud. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Um, uh, no, I, I, I was so happy. Uh, got in and they showed us what we were working on. They didn't even show us the whole episode. They just showed me my parts. And I was like, Whew, okay. And we had a limited amount of time. So anyway, long story short, um, we did it. I, ex- I, I, I knocked it out pretty quickly. So I said, can, can we go through and can I see visually my what we created so that I can kind of get an idea of where areas where I can make it more dynamic? And we were able to kind of find different lines. And one of the lines was uh, that I was like, this doesn't, this is good, but let's change it a little bit. And in changing it, it actually made it into the trailer. <sighs> you know, uh, when he's looking at his wife and, or his fiance and he says, you know, I'm with you. You remember that line? I don't remember. Dude, the Village exactly Bride was my one. favorite of the Visions episode. I said it on our recap episode last year. The Village yeah. Bride was my favorite one. I thought it was a, such a stunning story. The music was well, chef's kiss, but the story, the performances in both the, the in the native language and in the, the dubbed version as well. Unbelievable. Oh, we watched both. Yeah. Do you remember oh, cool. we would do dub and yeah. sub? Yeah. yeah, sub yeah. Sub. We'd watch sub, sub first and then, because we wanted to get like the, the expression and the emotion from the Japanese because mm. that's how it's designed, right? That's how it's created. And then we'd watch it in English as yeah. well. But Star Wars Visions, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, if they, if Star Wars, if Lucasfilm wanted to make, like, a new Star Wars trilogy, they got some good material just from, just from like, those minutes of Star Wars Visions. And I think that's the importance of having these kind of, like, studios and creators coming in I'm making something just completely fresh. And without maybe, and I've said this on the show before, without the restraints of something like canon, you know, they weren't concerned of that. They just wanted to tell this like amazing new story. 
And for me, that was so refreshing. So Christopher, mate, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I don't know. I know you can't say yes or no, but I'm looking forward to seeing you in Visions 2, mate. I'm really, really, really excited. Fingers crossed. I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be there. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. never promised tomorrow today. We're the lucky ones, dude. Well, before you go, before you go, Christopher, I have to ask you, I got to ask you, when, you know, have you ever walked around the house and, you know, you're a bit tired or uh, you've had a few drinks the night before and you've, <laughs> you've stubbed your toe on the table? Have, do, do you let out the Kaz, the Kazuda scream at home or out and about? Uh, no, you know what? I don't drink. I, I stopped drinking. Uh, I just decided. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to focus entirely my career. I'm not going to put any money towards alcohol anymore. Um, so, um, I don't drink, but I have stubbed my toe. And believe me, uh, the neighbors have. When they hear that, you hear the lightsabers. Like, oh, he's doing the Star Wars voice. And like, Golly. you know, like, I just go right into it. Uh, I can't. I, um, no. I would like. I would ask Luke to try and do an impression, but I know he can't because his voice is deeper than mine. I can't <laughs> do it. So for you to have done it is great. What impressions can you do then? Oh, Luke can do some good impressions. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I like my impressions. Hit me with one, baby. Come on. I'm not, to, you on I'm not throwing okay. him under the bus here. By the way, he, yeah, he can. Look, I can't. And he if, can. And if anyone from Lucasfilm is listening, then I'm available. So I'm available. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, if uh, I want to be uh, George Lucas uh, talking about, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones, then, you know, it's the first digital uh, movie. Um, and it's like, it's poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. You know, <laughs> that's my George. Um, oh, you know, Phantom Menace. We mentioned Phantom Menace. Uh, Nubian, hey, we need the Nubian. The pod racer, yeah. Watto, Watto is like kind of for me, maybe the best character in Star Wars ever. <laughs> and of course, um, Jira. Do you know Jira? She's the uh, she's the older lady in Phantom Menace who goes, "Oh, Annie, you better get home quick. My bones are aching. <laughs> Storms are coming, Annie." <laughs> I can't do any. I can, um, that's that's just Tito. That's my Ray impression. That's about as far as I can go. Uh, you can do some good ones. Some Lando. Lando. Hello. Hello. What, what have, have we, we here? here? Um, yeah. I, I can't really do any as well as Luke. In my head, I can. When we went to the convention last week, we were asking people to do it. And somebody said to me, why don't you do like a Cad Bane? And I thought, Oh no. Ooh. And I was trying to think and I was like, what does he, what, well, how does he talk? And I thought, I, cu- I couldn't do it. Boba. I couldn't get my voice deep enough to do the voice. <laughs> but this guy was just riffing left, right, and center. So Christopher, mate, you may have a bit of, uh, you may have a bit of competition yeah, if you do get that resistance season uh, three I, from this guy. I bought a Luke. I bought a Luke and Matt. You guys <laughs> no, mate. The listeners you. are bored of it. They hear my they hear my Watto impression every other episode, mate. Thank <laughs> God for that rewind button. Republic credits, right, Christopher? Thank you so much. As as we know, you you've been a busy guy. Like this guy has yeah. been messaging us today. Like by the way, I'm working before the interview. Might be back at this time. Blah 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 blah. It, Christopher was on time. He was even here a little a, a few minutes early. A true professional. An yeah, absolute gentleman. Thank you for spending time with us, couple of Star Wars geeks, Christopher. 
thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor. May the force be with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, giving me the privilege and honor of sharing time with you and your show. And congratulations to all of your success. Uh, may it continue to grow. May it continue to, to flourish in, in every aspect of life. May the force be with you. Hi, this is Roger Christian, the Academy Award winning set decorator on the first Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You all wanted Resistance Talk. You've just had an hour of Resistance Talk. Not just me, not just Luke. Kazuda Zayono himself, Christopher Sean. What an absolute joy it was to speak to Christopher. What a cool dude he is, man. Yeah, he's an absolute like, bundle of joy, isn't he? He's a proper what an don. absolute gentleman. Yeah, a really, really, really nice guy, mate. Really nice guy. It was a pleasure. And um, yeah, I, uh, for me, I'm definitely going to be revisiting Resistance, maybe with some different eyes. Um, but again, I was honest. I was like, mate, of you course. know, not my favorite animated, um, but. I loved his answer to are people too harsh on it. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. So, mate, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people thought too. That's it, man. There's a difference between saying something isn't your favourite to just outright saying that was rubbish. I hated it. It's the almost it's to ruin my childhood. It's the worst thing that's I've ever seen. Right? It's not right. Resistance. Right. I re- as I mentioned to Big Boy Christopher upon rewatching it uh, properly, binging it, I enjoyed it. I I did. I got more out of it than I thought I would the first time. I mean, where it where it falls in the pantheon of animated series, who knows? But um, I enjoyed it more second time round. I got a lot out of it, and I did bond more with the characters uh, than than I did in the first time of watching it. So, and I don't know if that's just because the sequels have come and gone, and we have that we know where the story ends up and all that. But I enjoyed it more than I did the first time. And hearing Christopher talking about it, yeah, it's given me even more vigor to to check it out again or go back and watch individual episodes um, and you know, just pay more respect to what is a very decent Star Wars show still. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So I suppose let's hear what other people have got to say about it. Well, I think it's probably the best thing to do. And as fate would have it, we've pulled up the Essex Falcon outside of our favourite dusty drinking hole, which is quite handy because we're both very thirsty because it's very hot. We're here outside the Bantina. Luke, the only question that remains is, shall we? Ah, let's do it. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony, give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yes, Bantina time. We haven't been here for weeks. It's dirty, it's dusty. Why haven't you cleaned, bartender? We're back again. Anyway, for those who are new to the show or old, here in the Bantina each week, we uh, sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. And recently, we, we dropped a post and we wanted to know your thoughts on Star Wars Resistance. And it was those posts which really triggered us into getting this episode made, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, absolutely, mate. We got some we got some cheeky, cheeky responses to this post. Um, and we got a mix, right? Like we said, and like what we kind of expressed, you know, this isn't my favourite animated show. Um, but I, I think we got more of a response to this than we expected. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that fair to say? Maybe. I think it is, mate. Yeah, I yeah, think it is. Yeah. 
Okay, so so should we dive in? Should we dive into the comments? Yeah, we got a lot. So let's go through. Yeah, a few. we got a lot. Okay, let's go through. Let's go uh, through a few. Yeah, Luke Summerfield, uh, King of Wales. He says, "I'd like to hear Mister Christopher Sean talk about this on the sessions and convince me to go back to it." Lukey boy, let us know if you you're, you're convinced. Let us know. Better be. Uh, 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 let's hope. Uh, Gan OCJ said, I love it. I enjoyed it so much. Fun characters. Johnny Oliff said, I enjoyed it for what it was. A show aimed at younger audience. But it had real heart. I also liked having a different style of animation in Star Wars. Plus, it gave us the legend that is Upipit. I mean... Come on, I mean, dude. It's it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. Um, J2SO said, "I didn't mind it. It was fun watching the background and some fun characters." Jamie F64 says, "It was mildly okay." Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Cramphorn, I think this is a nice comment to finish on the uh, Instagram instagram section it says hey guys great for younger fans but not my cup of tea i didn't get on with it and stopped watching it three episodes in and never went back it's not for everyone what a good, i think that's a reasonable comment do you know what i mean yeah. not everything that comes out in star wars you're gonna love and equally you know not everything in Star Wars is necessarily made for you in mind right so and I think that's where resistance kind of plays a part. But there we go. What, what, what about Twitter, mate? What are people saying on Twitter? Twitter, mate, I've had to uh, rustle my way through quite a lot of responses. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, sending those in. Uh, Gonga Sleet said, It's the show I relate to the most because it connects to me in a personal way. The passion the creators had for it, the cast is just pure heart, and the show itself just speaks Star Wars to me. Been praising it for what it did differently and will always do. Colossus forever green heart a uh, blogger the huts nice name said i love it especially <laughs> as i could share it with my younglings which is pertinent to the point that you've just made mate that you know this is if this is someone star wars and yeah. if it's for the kids great I, I think my kid would love it uh jedi master daniel fun show and it deserves a third season we've got quite a lot of people asking for a third season we've got a split screen deserved a third season that had a finale on exegol and the celebrations after the battle i will forever wish to see that knowing it's highly unlikely. Uh, Star Wars 5W, I liked it, but I felt the second season had a rushed ending. Uh, Mm. Dusty Peterson said, I'll be honest, it wasn't my favourite, which is a bummer because I love the sequels and that era. But something about the main character being even bumbly and slapsticker than Jar Jar just didn't do it for me. I do want to see other shows in this era, though uh, Venture Pictures said he forgot this show even even existed. Uh, The Kit (laughs) Fist... So, Jarek Yeager is one of my favourite non-Jedi characters. And let's, let's, let's end on a nice one. Kyle Scully, love it. Wish it had more seasons. So what I'm getting from the Instagram and the Twitter posts and Facebook as well, for that matter, is there is a lot of positivity around this show. I don't know whether we underestimated it or we just didn't really see, notice it because we haven't been looking in those directions. There are detractors there. There are negative comments. Mm. there is a lot of positivity around there this show has its fans though doesn't it mate yeah it it seems that that is like so evident online you know there's a lot of people that love this there's a lot of people that i I think in our community anyway recognize you know it's not for them 
but yeah, they don't yeah. hate on it and they don't go oh, oh resistance and that and even we all love to like prod and make fun you know i like to do that we did that you know a, a few episodes ago what, weeks ago months ago whatever it is we loved it and i'm pretty sure it was dylan who was messaging us going no like guys give give resistance go give it, it a was. watch <laughs> right was and and then there were a few more people saying nah give it we'll give it a go you know johnny olif i think as well was one of those guys so listen mate i'm i'm happy that we've kind of had this re-evaluation of the show it's yes. still not my favorite animated show and don't get me wrong it's probably not going to be my favorite animated show but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that um i mean it helps a ton that christopher sean was just such a gentleman so lovely so down to earth that i'm always gonna look at it now like oh yeah the guy playing this kaz guy he is a diamond he is so great there's there's always going to be that there's always going to be cool. that and, and the million we, oh no i was gonna say like we i mean we shared in the show a like, lot we, we've pretty much shared like our favorite moments from the show yeah but you know that that force awakens uh, link kind of tie-in with star killer sick i remember that, seeing that. that. yeah I, I remember seeing that um when it initially released seeing that on youtube and thinking damn like this is this is kind of cool this is kind of cool. So, yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. I, I, at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. I'm happy to talk Star Wars, whatever it is. That's it. And that was the million-dollar question, which I think a lot of people would have would have hung us for not asking, hanged us, is what is your favourite episode? And it seems <laughs> yeah. to me the, would it, uh, the, the season finale, or maybe parts one and two then, of season one. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I enjoyed yeah, that. So I, I liked. I like the season two finale, the escape, where we get to see Kylo Ren as well. I thought that was so cool to see menacing Kylo. Matt Wood doing the voice, though. Didn't get Adam Driver back for that one, but I didn't. I didn't mind seeing Blilo Ren. <laughs> and there's one called uh, Station Theta Black, which is Cass, Captain Phasma. She's in that, and Poe and Kaz team up to, and that's when they find out that the First Order's been, you know, doing something. They've been testing something on on these planets they've been hard harvesting this deadlinite which is used for a weapon but they don't know what it is but you and i know we know it's for star killer and we know what's right. going to happen so it, that's what i love about shows like this where they can you know they can flesh out what we already know so in the background we know that whilst the force awakens is going on this geezer kaz and that he's you know he's, this is what's going on on the colossus this is what's going on over there just makes it feel that bit bigger and that bit richer mate so it's quite a few i enjoyed but they're probably my the favourite episodes of of the lot, but there was more there that I enjoyed than I didn't. I will say that right now. I had a decent time rewatching it, my friend. So uh, that is going to be uh, the questions and answers, the comments section of the Bantina. We got so many. Honestly, if we rent through them all, we'd be here all night, which we which we wouldn't mind doing. But we want to move on to our next segment, mate. So everyone, thank you so much for contributing to our social media posts. If you didn't hear your uh, comment read out this week please do continue to send them in and we'll do everything we can to get you on the next edition of the bantina for extra content go to patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions you know it's gonna be so good best podcast best podcast Mmm, best punk ass. Yes, that's right. Spices part of the Bonobantina. And to kick us off this week is Scott Fisher with his juicy 
Patreon question. Matty boy, are you, are you ready? Are you ready for this question from Scott? What a lad. Yes, I am, mate. I'm ready. He's a top lad. He's a top lad, top crumpet. He asks, hi, guys. Which Star Wars actors would you spend an afternoon barbecue in the sun with? You're limited to a maximum of four, and actors who have passed away can also attend your barbecue as force ghosts. Essex, Scott. Matty boy, what are you saying, mate? What are you saying? Um, that's a really good question. I do enjoy these questions. We're in the sun at the minute. It's hot enough. Uh, if it can't oh. be Daisy Ridley, Kelly Marie Tran, Natasha Lubodizzo and Hermione Caulfield, it will be these four people. <laughs> Carrie Fisher, Ewan McGregor, Oscar Isaac and Sir Alec Guinness. Because I oh. don't know why, but I thought firstly two open ones. Alec Guinness and Carrie Fisher, I'd love to see their banter back and forth but you know Oscar Isaac um, he's a naughty boy as is Ewan McGregor but I think they could there could be a real good conversation to come out of those guys I think they, they all like a they all like a drink or at least a carbonated soft drink of some kind Alec Guinness was fine about Star Wars he didn't mind the money did he then you've got someone like Ewan McGregor who loves it now Oscar Isaac he's fine with it if he needs a new house he's coming back Carrie she's our princess who wouldn't want to spend an afternoon with Carrie Fisher so for varying reasons, they would be my four, mate. Carrie, Ewan, Oscar Isaac, and Sir Alec Guinness. What about you, mate? Four people. Shoot. Right, okay. So Mark Hamill goes Ooh. without saying. Just, just for the stories. Mark is like so... He's so interesting and he's such a good and strong communicator. Like, I, I think he'd be just great at a barbecue and a party. Um, John Boyega because he is a top South London lad. lad. We all love him. You know he's going to be bring like loads of vibes and hopefully some jollof rice. That would be great. Um, it, you know, you've got to be Papa George. You know, you know uh, the rice is a bit spicy. This is not an officially sanctioned party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he he's unchained from that now, though, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, he like, care, he? he don't care. He does not care. So, yeah, he'll be at the barbecue getting on the beerios, I'm sure, and giving us all the secrets. And last but not least, Carrie Fisher. Um, really good, man. Yeah, because she... Carrie, I, I, I was even watching some videos. Whenever you watch videos of Carrie, she's kind of crazy and in a good way, in, like, the best way. You know you've got friends that are just crazy and you're like, oh, my days, just don't change. Like, that is what <laughs> yeah. makes them beautiful. And that's Carrie Fisher. Like, Carrie is just all of that. So I think Carrie Fisher. So we've got Mark Hamill, John Boyega, Papa George, Carrie. I mean, come on. Come on, dude. Interesting. Joloff went for Carrie as well. A Joloff beer, Georgie Boy. Maybe Georgie Boy could oil up, you know, take his Maybe, top off, oil definitely. up. And, yeah, I, that's, that's, the, that's the dream, right? Ooh, if we get him. Know, I'm sure Carrie could make that happen. I'm hoping on it. That's kind of why she's there, right? Yeah. Hey, Jewel, so. there's no wonder we're in space. Your turn, mate. <laughs> turn yeah. the tables on old Georgie boy. So we've both nah. gone for Carrie. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to have a little uh, go on those parties. Of course, Christopher Sean, mate, you're more than welcome to come along to our parties as well. Uh, great question, Scott, mate. Thank you so much, guys, everyone listening. What four actors, living or, or past, would you have at a Star Wars afternoon barbecue in the sun? Let us know. Thank you for that. Scotty boy. Moving on now, we've got a voice message from Bobby Lawson, and this is how it goes. 
Hi guys, I wish I could take credit for my question this month, but it's something that I saw on a random Star Wars Facebook page that got recommended to me. How literal do you think Palpatine was being when he said, I am all the Sith in The Rise of Skywalker? We know that he wanted to possess Rey after she struck him down. That implies that he wanted to do the same to Luke in Return of the Jedi. And is that what happened when he struck Plagueis down? Is that happen what happened when uh, Plagueis struck Tenebris down? Is there just a big line all the way back to Darth Bane? And is that why the Rule of Two works? Bit of a meaty one for you, lads. I uh, hope I'm not treading on any previous questions or podcast discussions. As always, thanks for keeping it spicy, and may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs> There you go, mate. How literal, then? This is a good one. How literal do you think Palpatine was being when he said, I am all the Sith in Tross? Now, do you think he was literally, do you think he was literally imbued with all of the Sith? Or was it just a line? It's hard to answer, isn't it? It's hard to answer because, in short, I, I, I don't think he, he is, actually. I think the Sith um, don't, really go beyond um the physical you know they don't really go beyond matter yeah. because that's what the jedi do the jedi kind of earn that spiritual kind of afterlife mm-hmm. um and that's you know force ghosts is only like one aspect of that it's way it's a lot more than just like force ghosts. i think force ghosts is just kind of like a tiny bit of it they're not just force ghosts like walking around having picnics on dagobah <laughs> you know that's not what it is whereas um the sith kind of don't get that privilege now i that's know right, that no. there is the whole uh yoda meets is it darth bane yep. in clone wars so there's that there's that there's a vision wasn't it yeah um I don't know. I I don't think I I sense it more. It, it's almost like a reigning thing. Like Palpatine is the um, last, and maybe in his opinion, the most important in a long line of Sith. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the successor in this Sith is evil like royal line, and therefore he is all of them. You know, he is that history. He is that culture. He is that future. You know, so that's oh. kind of the, the the interpretation I get from it. However, it's one of those points, and it's a, it's a tremendous question, Bobby, mate. Um, it's one of those points that I think we will see more explored in the series, you know, in Mando, in, in the live-action series. Terrific question, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to re- re-emphasize that. Matty Boy, what are you thinking? Am I am I a bit crazy, crazy with that? Oh, yeah, but oh, Maybe. okay, the answer. I thought you meant this in general, dude. Just in um, gen. Just in well, gen. Firstly, Bobby always brings it. Bobby always gets the assignment. Let's have a question to answer on the show. Make it a good one. He always does. Um... I don't believe Palpatine was imbued with the literal spirits of the Sith <laughs> as much as I think it's just a daft line, to be honest. It is just a, it's an impact line at the end of the film because we all knew what was coming. As soon as he said, I am all the Sith, we knew exactly what Ray was going to say back to him. And I am all the Jedi. And it happened. It was, you know, people call it the end game moment. 
it, it was kind of, it's the impact line at the end of the film. I think that's kind of what it is. It's I think it's more metaphorical, simply like simply akin to how Ray could hear the voices of the Jedi past. Like at the end, which is laying down, and you know they're saying Ray, rise, you know the heart of the Jedi, blah blah. No, she is. They're, they're not. You know, they're not entering her her being. They're not. She's not becoming all of the Jedi and becoming like a Power Ranger. You know, make like a Mecha Ray. She's. You know, she has just has that power behind her, or elevating her on top of what she already has. Um, I don't know. Maybe Palpatine could potentially tap, tap into like a dark side group chat and have a word of the old <laughs> the old Sith and be like, guys, you know help me out you know what can i do how can i expand my own knowledge but i think what you're saying is spot on you know the jedi they are they have the ability to uh, sustain uh, throughout an immortal life if they are taught the way the sith don't you know they 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 reign through power and uh, and that's why they decay more whereas the jedi become pure so i don't necessarily i don't think it was a, a literal line i think what you said was for me was right he's literally like I'm the big daddy now. I am, yeah. you know, the Sith. Like, like, he, he's not actually the Senate either, but according to him, he is the Senate. I think it's a line like that, whereas I am the big daddy of the Sith, and, you know, you can't take me down. She's like, well, actually, I'm all because the Jedi. He, al- he also doesn't have a proper Sith apprentice in um, episode nine. No, he doesn't, and it's the rule of two, isn't it? Like, always two there are, but mm. Snoke well, was basically him, but <laughs> I think somehow Palpatine returned, somehow in all that. I'm sure maybe they'll, I don't know whether they'll give him one one day or something, I don't know. Kylo Ren was a de facto apprentice because he said he'd help him, but he wasn't actually his, you know... No, he wasn't apprentice. a Sith. Yeah, no. He wasn't a Sith, so... No, he didn't. Um, so I guess he wanted to rebuild it by, by taking over Ray and restarting the Sith and all that, but no, Bobby, mate, I don't think he was... I don't think he literally, be, you know, took on the power of the Sith. I think it was just, firstly, an impact line for the film. But I think it's just a bit of posturing, like, I am the Senate, for example. Yeah, yeah. I am the Senate. It's a fantastic question, it though. It's a banger. Man. Really, really. We got some bangers this week. And thank you to everyone that supports us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. We got some juicy bonus content on there if you want to take a look from two dollars a month i mean come on you can't get much two dollars a month nowadays so please consider it if you can uh yeah i second exactly what that guy just said so bobby mate scott thank you so much they were your questions from june as we mentioned it's been a month since we've done one of these we're going to be back next week with some even filthier patreon questions we've got some bangers lined up for the next couple of weeks as well so you're just going to have to tune in if you want to hear them however that's going to be that for us in the bantina bartender sorry about the mess we are going to be back again this time again next week here in the bantina It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Yeah! This might not be as exciting as the Wheel of Death we had at LFCC, but for those who are new to the show, we end each episode with a Star Wars-themed game. We alternate who's going to host it. This week, it's my week to host it. Luke Bly. Do you want to know what you're playing this week, big boy? Of course, of course. Right, in recognition of, you know, speaking to Christopher and saying to him, look, Resistance, when it was first announced, it was met with negative reviews. 
uh, by certain factions. So I will, I'm going to give you, mate, a couple of Star Wars bad reviews, just a line, a sentence, and you have to tell me what film the reviewer is talking oh, about. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah, great. Great. Let's do it. Right. I've had this one planned for a couple of weeks. So DJ, hit the music. Here we go. Good Can man. you tell me this, this line, what film is the reviewer talking about? Here we go. This is less a movie than an exercise in massaging a juvenile-minded audience that wants the experience to be new and familiar at the same time. Right. I'm going to say... I'm going I'm to think out of the box here. I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. Final answer? They're wrong, but I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. You are wrong, mate. Sadly, this was The Force Awakens. It was uh, J.R. Jones from the Chicago Reader called it an exercise in massaging a juvenile-minded audience. Okay, mate. Wally. I know. What does he know? Number two, mate. Here we go. It doesn't really end the trilogy as much as it brings it to a dead stop. This film is by far the dimmest of the lot. Let's face it. The magic has gone. Uh, Right. You can see his face. He doesn't want to say it. That... It could be any of them. Hmm. I'm going to say, though, the, 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 the elephant in the room is that it would might maybe be Rise of Skywalker, but mm-hmm. I think it's a curveball. I think you're, you're, it's a fake out. Okay. Um, Revenge of the Sith. Gun Sith? Yeah. It's Return of the Jedi. This is, this is oh, Vincent Campy from the New York Times, mate. What, what an idiot. Dimmest what an of idiot. The lot. It's the best one. <laughs> it's the feel-good feel, feel good film of the summer, man. Um, what you have we got? Here we go. Best one. Yeah, go Here on. we go. Uh, next quote. It is focused on plot over character and is written with the we got to stop that laser intelligence of a bad Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, Phantom Menace. You found a menace? Yeah. It's the rise of Skywalker. Scott Mendelson from Forbes said it's a plot over character and it's a bit like a Saturday morning cartoon, mate. Right. Right. Okay. Next one. Here we go. Let's see if we can get this one. Here we go. It looks like a movie that was directed at a distance. The force (laughs) is with us indeed. And a lot of it is hot air. Rogue One. Going Rogue One? Rogue One. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, what? It's our boy, Vincent Camby, again from the New York Times. That schmuck don't know what he's talking about. Oh, my days. Um, Okay, uh, a couple more. Here we go. Rest in peace, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Well, he might not be dead. Uh, Well, in in the eyes of the sessioners, maybe. Uh, Here we go. I suspect this picture is pretty close to what fans were hoping for, and for their sake, I'm glad it's markedly better than the two that preceded it. But it's still crap. Well, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, bang on the money, mate. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Stephanie Zacharek from Salon gave us that. Said, look, Sith's better, but it's still a load of our rubbish. Final one, mate. You haven't done yep. bad whatsoever. Here we go. It is the <laughs> cinematic equivalent of that problem, child, we've all encountered at some point in our lives. No matter how deserving of love we may intellectually sense him to be, emotionally, it's really tough to like that kid. <laughs> wow. 
Oh my days. Um, um, it's a bit like what we were talking about earlier on <laughs> the main discussion. <laughs> Come on, man. That could be a few of them. It could the be last, the last Jedi. Is that your? I don't answer? think it is though, because ge- generally that that was received pretty well by the old critics, wasn't it? It was. Oh, let's say um, Attack of the Clones. We locking that in? Yeah. Attack of the Glen Oliver from IGN called it that. Um, you were all oh. spot on, mate. I was rooting for you to get that one, mate. I so, I so was. I knew you'd I get a couple. Two. I got yeah, two. Man. I got Do two. I same pad at all. And I I'll like the fact that. that you thought the Rise of Skywalker could, could be the dimmest one, but then changed your mind because we've got a newfound appreciation for that film. It's growing on us. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that was still my first guess. So yeah, well, that's, that's not exactly good. I put it in there. But this is the thing, like, a lot of critics slate Star Wars, just generally. Of course, um, yeah, man. Yeah, but well, there, there are exceptions, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of the time they're wrong, and history proves them r- wrong. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like what we say with Empire, especially, you know, like Empire is, like, studied at university level, you know, yeah. as, as, a, as a masterpiece, so... Dude, oh, great game and great way to end what has been a very, very cheeky week at Sessions HQ, oh, mate. Man. We're back in the booth. Back in the booth. Feels good. We've just, we've just come out of a booth at LFCC. Thanks to Dave Tree, Jez, and all the lads there for making that thing. And to New World, just for being there. Uh, so we're out of that yep. booth. We're in this booth. We've had a blast. Episode 168. Christopher Sean was an absolute joy to talk to. Thank you so much, mate, for giving your time. And guys, give resistance another chance. You may just like it more than you think. But that is going to do then for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. You can search for us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search Star Wars Sessions and we will be there. Drop us a voice note or a message to our email. Hello there at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. Yes, and if you want to support our show for free, you can do by leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, which now includes Spotify. Five stars really helps the show grow, it introduces new listeners, and it's another way for us to hear from more of you each and every week. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest pilot that loves a water planet. Tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more the merrier, their castle spicier. Yes, sir. Go and tell Nico Vozo as well, the green geezer from Resistance, that this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke! Uh, Zazuda Kiono. You made it. So, I'll take there that. There we go. Spinnerisms are back. Good job. Uh, oh. Essex-based podcast heroes...
The Emperor's Wayfinder is in the Imperial Vault. At Delta 36, transient 936, bearing 32, on a moon in the Endor system. From the southern shore. Only this blade tells. Only this blade tells. What?